0: Hey everyone, welcome to Hardwork Life, a podcast for Everything Web3. I am Kasra, your host. Today I had the pleasure of talking to the founders at Skillet. Skillet is an NFT offer aggregator. We had a really interesting conversation about what they do in their product, but also got a bit deeper into their views of the NFT finance ecosystem. What was the motivation of building Web3? And what advice do they have for other Web3 founders? So there's a lot of interesting discussion points in this podcast episode that you don't wanna miss. But before we continue, few words from our sponsors. Building applications on blockchain is complicated and expensive today. And a lot of builders always face this question. Should I go and build this thing in-house and I need to maintain it, it's going to be costly, it's going to be hard and my main focus is on building my own application, not to maintain the infrastructure. Or should I go and use an unreliable or too centralized solution out there which doesn't allow me to scale in the right way. Flare.dev comes in and tries to solve these core problems for integrating blockchain into your application. The core of what Flare does is a smart contract framework that is scalable, so you can deploy any smart contract on Flare, fully decentralized, and you can upgrade it in a decentralized way as your project progresses. So that gives you ultimate flexibility and scalability. Also for a lot of protocols or projects, there is a flow of reading, indexing or streaming data from blockchain, whether it is token data, transaction data, NFT data, or your custom smart contracts events, you want to be able to process that data in a flexible way, maybe make some external API calls or process that data in a unique way and react on that index data in a certain method. For example, relaying a transaction on blockchain or storing that data in your MySQL, MongoDB, or AWS, or for example, sending a message to your discord telegram basically that flow of reading the data or an event processing it and triggering an action Flare gives you the core tools you need for indexing and relaying and storing that data in the most scalable easy to use and decentralized way so if you want to learn more about Flare definitely make sure to check their website which is flare.dev that is F-L-A-I-R dev. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. How's it going?
1: Good, good. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. It's so good to have, have you with us. Uh, Larry, how's it going, man?
2: Going great. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: Thanks for having us. It's great to have you. Uh, so many questions. Uh, a lot of things we can discuss today. Uh, you have a really interesting background. The product you're working on is also very interesting. But before we dive in, I really want to hear about your journey and what made you interested in building a product in Web3. Sergeant, maybe starting with you.
1: Sure. So um, the Skillet team has been kind of knowledgeable about crypto for some time now, but it wasn't until recently where you know we really dove in and wanted to build in the space. I mean, I remember when Bitcoin was... Twelve dollars. This was a long, long time ago. Um, it was just some funny internet money that you know a few people were were passing around online. Um, I was super young. I you know I didn't see it as an investment. It was just kind of this weird concept. Um, and it wasn't until 2017 where uh, the, the members of Skillet kind of individually started to, to drop some money into altcoins in the ICO bubble of 2017-2018. Um, so that was kind of our first exposure in the crypto space, and it was very exciting, super speculative, of course, but I think a lot of learnings came from that hype cycle. Um, and so that was kind of our first foray into what eventually would become Web3. Um, wasn't until, I'd say, early 2021 where we started to get into the NFT space. So we all, the, the entire Skillet team, graduated college together. We all went our, our separate ways Um, working our full-time jobs, and uh, it wasn't until, like I said, early 2021 where we started to do some dabbling into NFT degen trading. So we're talking, you know, the classic story of minting, flipping, secondary, you know, flipping as well. Got into some pretty big mints, so we got into the Board 8 Mint, which really you know, catapulted us in the space and really, really got us interested in, you know, what what the heck is going on here? Like, what is the tech that's interesting? How is this stuff going to change the world? If it is at all, um, what is the potential of this this space? And so that's kind of our, our entry into NFTs. And after we did this kind of manual degen flipping trading, um, you know, we all came from a tech background. So we, we figured that, like the people were market making and doing some really cool tech stuff on the ERC 20 side of things, right. With like regular tokens, just making massive amounts of money, trading these things, using tech to basically um, minimize your downside risk and then maximize your profits. So we started to do something similar with NFTs. So that's when we brought on our CTO diamond Jim who uh, helped us write the, one of the first NFT arbitrage contracts for OpenSea. So we would do simple ARB on OpenSea, um, as soon as Looks rare came out, we did the same thing for Looks rare X2Y2, etc. So that's kind of how we got into the programmatic side, I would say, of of Web3, and really tried to understand the tech at you know the protocol level, not just the you know the art level or the PFP level. Um, so that was really really interesting and really important for the for the team to kind of get through before we took a step back and said, you know what, instead of trading for profit, what what is what is a product that we can build that's actually going to solve, you know, the needs of people in the space. What, what is the type of product that we would have loved when we were doing degen trading? What is the type of product that needs to exist for the next million NFT users to come into this space, right? And really get value from these tokens. And what we came up with was the concept of Skillet, which is the one-stop shop for NFT liquidity. So what we do is we aggregate all the offers from all the different marketplaces, all the liquidity pools, we abstract all the hard stuff away and allow you to very easily instantly liquidate as many nfts as you want in your portfolio for the absolute best price across web3 so i'll, I'll pause there i, I kind of went off there but i, I think i kind of went over our background um a little bit what we're building at skillet and maybe i could also touch before i hand it off to larry my personal background um before skillet i come from a tech background i was working in big tech as a product manager doing some low-level operating system stuff but um Have not looked back since i quit and uh yeah i've been loving web3 ever since
0: that's amazing to hear Uh, larry also love to hear about your background as well
2: yeah well i think that sergeant pepper did a good job you know really going over my entry into web3 like you said we we all really bonded over our interest in crypto and NFTs seemed like a natural fit just based on, you know, our, our shared curiosity and then shared passion for not necessarily just JPEGs, even though we really did have a fun time trying to trying to flip them like the uh, the average de- degen trader, but we really all share the same passion for the future of the industry. Uh, and, you know, I'm definitely happy to talk about our thoughts in the macro and where we think that the space is going to go and where we where we envision Skillet playing a role in the growth of Web3. But, you know, my personal background, I come from traditional finance, business development background, so I head up BizDev for Skillet. Um, Was also doing that for big tech for a number of years before Skillet.
0: Yeah, I love that. Probably there's a lot of interesting things we can talk about on the macro level, but maybe right now, just let's dig a bit deeper on, you know, the macro level that you guys are, you know, uh, exploring. Um, Both of you mentioned that you were interested by crypto initially using like Bitcoin and you know there was a DeFi summer and all of those aspects but for me always you know the DeFi has been interesting but maybe not so much fun and NFTs just changed that maybe a lot as much as there was a lot of speculation but it just opened my mind that there's a lot of possibilities. Um, For you how do you see NFTs moving forward from being this kind of jpegs and you know profile pictures to actually have a lot of different use cases how do you see the involvement of um, nfts
1: we have a ton of thoughts on this subject <laughs> we could we could go on for hours um basically our, our thesis is that the nft protocol itself is insanely powerful and it's likely that you know this this next version of the web and as things get more digitized we need a way of cataloging digital ownership and i think the nft protocol kind of serves that purpose. i think we're very very early stage and just like you said, you know, like crypto itself is is not super exciting to the world. i mean, unless you're like a nerd and you're really passionate about these types of things, but nfts is the first time that we've seen culture like really like pop off in like a huge mainstream way for crypto. Um, so I, I'm a firm believer that uh, NFT is, is very similar to HTTP, or at least it will be in the future. It's just a protocol. It's just an agreement across people all around around the world saying, hey, we're going to agree to this standard and then we're all going to build on top of it. And, and things tend to get really interesting when, uh, you know, people people make that agreement like HTTP. It's such a core thing that no one really knows what it means when they type it in their URL bar. Right. But everyone uses it and powers the web. And so I also think that when NFTs scale up and we start to see other assets that are tokenized, or you know concert tickets, uh, real estate, these types of things, I don't think people are even going to call them NFTs. I think they're just going to call them digital assets, and NFT will be the underlying protocol that kind of backs these these types of non fungible objects, essentially. So I, I think uh, you know I, I think it's not just the wave that we've seen. I think it's super super early days, and that. We have a long way to go and uh, ideally, you know, Skillet is leading the charge there and really building some critical infrastructure so that we can put other assets on chain, we can scale this protocol out, we can get massive buy in from retail. Um, So I think a big part of that will be not even using the word NFT. Uh, But that's that would be my bet.
0: Yeah, totally. I'm going to definitely have a huge bet on that aspect that NFTs are going to be underlying technology. As you mentioned, HTTP, I think that was a really great example. Also, one other concept that I have in my mind is NFTs can be maybe described as a piece of paper, like, which was a revolution by the time that it was invented and it kind of made a lot of different things possible from, you know, um, I don't know, writing on it, be able to distribute value on it, make printing money on it. I think NFTs have that potential of maybe being used in a lot of different contexts. So that's what make them really really interesting despite the fact that yeah it can be used as a gambling tool maybe today but maybe that's what we are right now trying to figure out what are these exactly and for the for example for different use cases like games I have seen uh, there's a really good attempt of trying to um, basically bringing these digital assets as NFTs there's a lot of interesting use cases of you know having digital certificates I know healthcare from universities from governments have them as NFT, so a lot of this kind of you know um, is 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 really exciting. Um, but maybe to the kind of the core problem that you're trying to solve in Skillet is the let's say the liquid liquidity problem in the NF- NFT space. Um, how uh, how did you kind of come about for to solve this problem? Was it that you had this problem yourself, or did you talk to a lot of different uh, other community members that had this problem? I'm trying to understand how was the process of validating an idea and then writing the first lines of code and testing that uh, for you at Skillet. It's
1: a phenomenal question. Uh, you know, we started with a bunch of different ideas. I mean, as you know, like I said, we, we started with doing some quant trading, doing a lot of MEB stuff uh, in the NFT space, and that was really insightful. And we learned a lot there about, you know, if you're doing simple ARB, right, you, you need to buy an asset for cheaper than it's worth and how do you know what an nft is actually worth well at skillet we believe that an nft is valued at exactly what someone is willing to pay for it and nothing more um because we've gotten burned on so many collections you know our wallets are sitting there with thousands of rug dead nfts um we've been burned just too many times to to trust the floor price um and just get undercut to zero so we believe that that, that was kind of our first uh, foray into, wait a minute, the offers are really, really important in the NFT space, because at the end of the day, that's what you can accept right now uh, for that NFT, like regardless of like any other market conditions. And so that that's how we discovered the importance of offers. Um, so we knew that that was really important for our own kind of degen trading and our own wallets. And then we went and talked to a lot of different whales and like other people in discords and we got that idea validated. Basically everyone was like, yeah, wait a minute. Like there's now a ton of different marketplaces. I just anytime I want to instantly liquidate, I just go on OpenSea and accept accept an offer. Well, as it happens, for many collections, OpenSea does not have the top offer. So we see people literally leaving money on the table. If they had just went to a different marketplace, if they had just tried pseudoswap to sell their other deed instead of accepting that weath offer on OpenSea, they could have saved, you know, 0.02, 0.05. Um, even more, right? If you're talking about like a board ape, you can save multiple ETH by getting a better offer on a different marketplace. And we saw in the market that aggregators like Jam or Genie, you know, were really blowing up um, and, and getting acquired and adding features. And so the concept of an NFC aggregator, you know, was really appealing to us. Um, so I guess that, that's kind of how we thought of the idea, how we validated it. Um and then as soon as we started building, you know, it, it it turns out it's it's quite a challenge to aggregate offers, and that's why no one's really done it to date. But we think it's a really fulfilling challenge and one that directly saves users money, right? I mean, there 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 should not be a world where users accept offers not through skillet, because if you're accepting an offer not through skillet, there's no guarantee that you're getting that top offer, that best price. And you're likely leaving money on the table. Um so so that's kind of how how I think of it. Um, I'll pass it off to, to Larry and and I'll let him give some thoughts on it.
2: Yeah. So it's interesting. You bring up the the liquidity problem. Um, When when we first started building Skillet, we were trying to conquer that liquidity problem. Uh, Like Sergeant Pepper said, we started as quant traders. we, We moved into the field of market making because we saw there was a huge lapse in the floor price and top offer that OpenSea would show you for a lot of these top collections, like if the board eight floor is 75 ETH, a lot of the time, the the top, the top offer on OpenSea was as low as like 10 ETH. So when we first started building this, this is exactly the problem we were trying to solve. That being said, over the past year, the space has evolved at a very, 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 fast rate all of a sudden we have looks rare we have blur we have aggregators like gem and genie we have liquidity pools and amms like pseudoswap and nftx so now the liquidity problem or the perception of a lack of liquidity has transformed into an overwhelming amount of liquidity so we wanted to build Skillo to be a single pane of glass not to not as a way to scramble to see what can i get for my items but to ease the pain of having to go from website to website and automatically know this is the top price i can get and if i have a lot of items in, my, in one collection i can just walk down the liquidity curve from website to website we do we do all the heavy lifting for you and you can easily just sell each of your items at the top price as each offer is essentially taken. So, and, and, it's not, and it's not just that. We've also moved from offers to a lot of other ways that you can monetize your NFTs. There's really cool protocols being built every single day. We talk to all the builders of NFT, of NFT finance, and it's crazy to be honest. There's a huge number of lending platforms, each with their own creative way and take on how to borrow against your nft so just like fine art if you're not ready to sell your nfts yet you're able to get easy access to capital debt is what drives traditional markets and the fact that it's the fact that it's already beginning to disrupt nfts as nfts are still in their nascent state is extremely compelling and then what happens next derivatives options buy now pi- buy now pay later there's going to be a number of unique ways that you can unlock liquidity from your nfts and as that continues to evolve again we skill just wants to be the one-stop shop to make it painfully easy for you to see all the options at your disposal
0: yeah i love the word painfully easy because it it should be a kind of a no-brainer for uh, people who are you know dealing with um, nfts every day to see the value in it and i personally have high conviction in Uh, aggregation tools on blockchain because, I mean, their data is kind of public. So I think uh, whoever can make sense of all these data across all these platforms, different protocols um, is going to serve a real need in the market, whether it's like NFT liquidity or let's say other aspects, DeFi, uh, DEXs, all of them. Um, So maybe to touch upon the core of what you're doing, which is, you know, an NFT liquidity aggregator. um, What type of challenges are you facing when building the product on a technical level? Uh, because I know that, for example, you know, Luxray, OpenSea, NFTX, these are kind of the, some of the logos I'm seeing on your website. I think you're getting integrated with them. They could change their mind and change things. And you also need to change your product as well. So how are you dealing with this? And is it... Is it a huge problem or uh, it's manageable for
1: you guys? I'd I'd say it's a pretty big problem. So you were just talking about, you know, how aggregators are really important in the space because a lot of the data is open, it's on-chain, and, you know, those who can properly um, parse that data on-chain and, you know, build valuable tools on top of it will really win. The problem with the current NFT space today is that not a lot of these things are actually on-chain. Like OpenSea is is does not have everything on chain. Looks for it does not have anything everything on-chain in terms of the offers. So there's there's a reliance here across a lot of different tools where it's like I'm still using web two APIs, like a lot of the time. And so that I, I wish it was more web three. I wish things were more on-chain. And I know that there's some obviously uh, like technical limitations of ETH mainnet right now. And so I'm really excited to, you know, dive into L2s and, and really see the the kind of innovation that can happen there in terms of putting more things on chain because of the costs. But there's a massive technical challenge of merging web two APIs and then web three kind of on chain data. And I think that's really where the value exists today in in the space. So if you look at a a, a company like Blur, you know, they they also have things that are off chain, right? They have an API, they, um, the problem with their API, however, is it's it's very closed. Like they only let massive market makers uh, plug into their API. And so there's still a ton of politics on the the side of NFT data that really needs to work out, work itself out uh, in in the coming years if we really want to get massive, you know, technical adoption. So I I think that's kind of been the biggest problem is working with these protocols when the data is not all out in the open. Um, And that's why, you know, I'm proud to say that Skillet is going to be and is dev first. So our API is open to all um, and we have that live today. Um, so anything that you can do in our front end, you can also do programmatically with our API. That's something that you know we've been burned so many times from these protocols that we, we just can't stand for that. And, and we really want to help devs who want to build with us instead of close off devs and kind of have our own walled garden. So that's, I'd say, the biggest technical challenge to date and you know how Skillet hopes to be part of the solution.
0: Yeah, I think you touched upon really important points there. Um, for me also, decentralization is a spectrum. So I think that there are some uh, core aspects of the blockchain that has to be decentralized. There is no question about it. Um, but when it comes to, let's say, the usage of that data, uh, for example, reading the data from blockchain or aggregating all of those aspects, then it becomes a bit, let's say, in the gray area. So. For example, I think every company needs to do its best to make things that can be open source, open source. And, you know, have, uh, don't close things off because it's going to bring us back to the web tool world. But also don't believe in the notion that, you know, everything has to be decentralized because it's going to be really limiting. Everything has to be on chain. Then we cannot kind of move fast and break things. And in this basically struggle, we're going to find out, you know, where are the gems, where are the positive things and where are the negative things. So I think maybe combining these two would be the best and I really like that you guys are trying to stay true, let's say, to the core values of the blockchain, but also try to move fast as well. Uh, maybe a question for you uh, would be, uh, I, I mean, I have been in NFT space for you know nine months, 10 months in the bull run, in the bear market things are changing so much in that market you know probably every week every two weeks there is something new there is a shift of you know community how are you coping with that with this amount of change mentally and also in your product roadmap
1: it's so tricky it is it is like nothing that i have ever experienced before uh i think any any member, members of the skilla team you know coming from our our big you know like big tech jobs it is so different. Um, I could not have expected how quickly things are, are shaping up here. Even when we first got into NFTs, it took, Larry, what was it? I mean, six, seven months um, from when we were trading for LooksRare for to come out. I mean, OpenSea had all of the volume. It was, it was insane. The, the pace just two years ago was snail's pace compared to, to today, like you're saying. How are we coping with it? Uh, we're trying to stay super agile. Uh, we love the innovation. We're hoping to be a big part of it. We're speaking with so many teams and we're really trying to keep our ears close to the ground um, when it comes to all these different shifts. So I I think it's a matter of being super flexible and we have these things on our roadmap. Um, We know that really smart teams are going to be building these protocols, but we're also betting that they're going to be pretty hard to understand in the beginning. Like we're NFT native, but the concept of NFT lending is still super confusing. Like it's not easy to understand the risks of what's happening when I'm going to borrow against my NFT, right? How do I pay it back? How much interest am I paying? What's the, what's the liquidation risk, if any? So these are the types of things that really need to be solved that you know, we're hoping to, to push that change. But I think it's just a matter of staying agile and you know, having a roadmap, having quick sprints and uh, being flexible to the market. I, I think that's kind of the, what you have to do at this point to be a Web3 company.
0: I think that's something that's lacking in the Web2 companies as well because they want to create these elaborate, you know, plans. But, you know, I think nothing can beat of having a vision, having a goal, but just getting to the ground, getting to the battlefield and, um, you know, try to figure it out. And it comes out of daily conversations with different NFT projects, different, you know, uh, people in the community. And uh, at the end of the day, I think, I mean, as as much of a great of world of community or GM or all of this, I think everybody's trying to solve a problem. Well, really it's trying to find a solution for a problem. So at the end of the day, I think whoever is, you know, gets these core things right and build on top of them in the correct way is gonna win. And yeah, that's also what makes me excited to be in this space and probably for you guys uh, the same. Um but um one really important thing that you mentioned was, you know, um all these different you know, terms like NFT renting, borrowing, all these are can be really confusing for a lot of users, let's say. So I'm trying to paint a mental picture in my head and also for the people who are listening. Um, Who Skillet is for? So for example, someone's listening to like, how can I use a Skillet? Is it for the people who are already DGENs? They know how to trade NFTs and they just look for an easier way? Or it could be for literally everyone that is somehow interacting with NFTs.
1: We're trying to build a a platform for everyone. And I know that that's, you know, like a lot of PMs will be like, oh no, like, you know, find, find your audience. I mean, we have a core few use cases that we think these types of users will get a ton of value from Skillet. So one big use case is the person who holds NFTs today, Really, that's the, that's the only functionality that we have on the application. By the end of this month, there's going to be a whole suite of new features, new data points that is very unique to Skillet um, and, and displaying things that no one else has. Um, so right now, an NFT holder, whether you have blue chip NFTs and you're just interested in seeing what those top offers are, comparing the liquidity from collection to collection, making sure that you're going to get absolute top offer and not leave any ETH on the table for those blue chip NFTs, you know, we think that's an insane value prop for those holders. But we also think if you're you know in the trenches every day, right, in the weeds, minting NFTs, flipping, um, this is an amazing tool for you as well. Uh, because if you're gonna get in and out of collections, oftentimes you're gonna be accepting weath offers because you need to roll the money into a new mint into a new you know, lending pool, these types of things. And so in that case, Skill is very valuable in understanding, hey, what are, what are all my NFTs from this collection actually worth right now? You know, If I were to liquidate my entire wallet with two button clicks, how much would I actually get for all these NFTs? What are these things actually worth today? And so that, that's kind of the core question that, that we're trying to solve and help users solve for their own wallets. Another big use case is developers and protocols. Again, I, I don't think enough teams are actually developer-friendly in the Web3 space. The, the companies that succeed are the ones that build with every other protocol. I mean, that's the best way to ensure success in the space. And so that's a big use case that we're currently working on, you know, integrating with a bunch of different lending protocols, making it easy for people, users of other applications to instantly liquidate as many NFTs as they want for the best price. And so those are kind of the, the core things that we're leaning into. Um But I think after this month, the use cases really expand to a bunch of other, you know, user personas that we've been thinking about internally that, uh, you know, it'll be very exciting to see kind of the reaction to the V2 rollout and uh, some, some other cool features that maybe we can get into in a bit.
0: That should be really exciting. So if anybody here listening and has heard of NFTs, has NFTs, definitely make sure to check Skillet. All the links, everything is going to be in the description. So definitely make sure to check that out. Um, one really cool thing that you mentioned was, um, you know, I think the companies are going to win that are compatible with other developers. I also really believe in this because I think this composable way of building is so powerful. It doesn't exist at all in the web tool world. You know, if a company builds something, their API, everything is belongs to them. They probably don't have the incentive to share that. But in the web theory, just, you know, the data is public by itself. So what can be integrated into other protocols? I think there should be an incentive for any project to make it as easy as possible, as convenient as possible for others to, you know, come build on top of it. Let's work together and take it to the next step. So, yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting mindset that you guys have. Um, also, Larry mentioned a really interesting, you know, um, some use cases for NFT finance in general, because, you know, NFT liquidity is obviously one part of the problem. What are some of the other aspects of NFT finance that you have heard about? And by the way, is this the kind of the growth of NFT finance? Is it something that has happened in the past six months? Because I have been hearing a lot more in the past six months compared to previously, uh, what was the timeline for, you know, the emergence of NFT finance, let's say?
1: Um, I could start and then I'll pass it off to Larry. It, it's definitely been heating up the past six months. I remember when we first heard about NFT5, Ben Dao, when, the, when these protocols first came out, um, there was very little usage and even less understanding than there there is today. Um, However, in the bear market, it seems that the, the core, call it like 500, 600 NFT wallets have really been spurring just a ton of activity on these different lending platforms. So right now, like I said, it's, it's just a few hundred wallets that are doing roughly $12 million of lending volume a day, um, which is not bad, especially in the midst of this bear market. And so that's kind of what we're seeing as like the growth of the space before it was like nothing. Now it's, it's really, really growing. Um, There's a ton of different applications for where NFTFI is going to go. I mean, we've spoken to a bunch of different teams that are working on real estate, tokenizing real estate. Um, I mean, imagine you could easily take out a mortgage on a plot of land and refi. I mean, all in a permissionless kind of DeFi type way, except what you're doing is you know, you're, you're talking about actual land, like non fungible land. I think that's an insane use case that I really can't wait to see come to fruition. And so working on um, some things there to help facilitate that. Um, I'll, I'll pass it off to Larry and because I know he gets really excited about the NFT5 space and all these different things that are going to be coming out. And so curious to hear some more of his thoughts.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, you ask a great question. When, when did this all start? I, I think six months is a pretty fair timeline. For when we've actually started to see these products go into the go into the hands of retail users, the NFT traders. When do they start being built? I'm not sure. And I, and it's hard for me to even keep track of when each protocol has hit the market because you know I don't take a step back nearly enough and think about how close everyone in the NFT space is to the cutting edge. As these tools are developed. It's really the, the the development of critical financial infrastructure of the next phase of the internet. And I don't think that's nearly talked about enough. So to answer your question on what types of tools are available, lending is definitely the most prevalent right now. There's more and more lending platforms coming out, what seems like every single day, which really is not too big of an exaggeration. It's there's There's so many at this point, and I expect that there will be, a lot more different types of lending available and the market for lending will continue to grow but in addition to that there's like i said derivatives there's now new pricing and appraisal tools that allow you to actually use data to price your nft whether it's based on rarity or floor which is really key to you know informing the the average user who might want to get in, might wanted to get into NFTs but are overwhelmed to do so. These tools are super helpful to them. And then there's derivatives. There's fract- There's fractional liquidity. There's rental platforms. I know that there's gonna going to be uh, new financial tools like options. Are sorry, like futures and swaps that are going to be available for people to trade NFTs. And it's just it's just super unique to watch. You know, six months ago you couldn't put in a buy or sell limit order on an nft it was just traditional buy and sell like you do on ebay and now there's this whole suite of financial options available to you to trade them so it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting watching the space continue to evolve continue to evolve in the way it is and and there's really no indicator that thinks that shows that the space will slow down anytime soon
0: yeah, I I totally agree with that. And what I'm trying to imagine, probably it's going to be really hard to predict the future. But I'm I'm trying to see maybe which forces would maybe take NFT space into the next level, if any. Uh, I mean, we have seen crazy things happen with you know this culture movement, PFPs, all of that. I'm having I'm I'm seeing a lot of interesting things happening on the gaming side as well. I really would love to hear your thoughts about that one as well because. It's kind of a no-brainer that all these digital assets could be an NFT and then a platform like yours could be integrated on top of that to make it even much more liquid, let's say. Or it can be actually, you know, connecting NFTs to the real world, uh, fungible world, you know, lands, uh, products, different things. And again, like the same liquidity problem, all of them is going to be there, but just makes the, let's say the... A decentralized and open marketplace that these things can be traded on it's not that a company owns these products or there's own, no everybody basically can buy and sell these things and they just happen to be attached to a physical physical asset um, my question would be uh, what, uh, what interesting things are you see about you know the gaming part and NFTs and if you have already been in, in, in contact or in talks with different gaming platforms and how you can be integrated with them in in this aspect.
1: Yeah, I think gaming is the most natural use case of NFTs or digital assets. I mean, because it already exists today, right? I mean, CSGO, is already a huge market for different, you know, skins, weapons, knife, knife skins. I mean, these types of things. And it's been going on for for quite some time. So I think everyone in the NFT space knows that it is just a, such a natural fit, but something that isn't really talked about enough, I think, is the cultural resistance to NFTs in the traditional gaming world today, which is where there's, I mean, that's where there's hundreds of millions of gamers. I, I think the NFT Web3 gaming space today, like, NFTs need to be a side product of a game, not the main feature. I think that's why we've seen not not really any huge traction with games that have NFTs. I mean, Axie was big, but I think a lot of people lost money in Axie um, because people were just kind of trying to pump it up and speculate and make money. I don't think that that is the purpose of video games. I think people will need to make really, really, really great video games that compete with the large game studios and then add NFTs. And then that will be a significantly better user experience for the gamer. And then that's kind of how we're gonna see the whole culture shift around uh, NFTs or ideally, you know, we call them digital assets um, because there's such this like visceral reaction to the word NFT online today. Um, and I think a lot of people in the NFT space Are kind of like not thinking about that or you know i'm not really sure what the the cognitive dissonance is there with um with kind of the the outward hate of nfts that we need to be really aware of if we want to onboard the next you know million users let alone the next billion users to to nfts so that's kind of my take on it i think we're still a little bit away i think we need one of these larger game studios to integrate nfts in a way that actually makes sense not just tossing it in there so that. You know, global speculators around the world can uh, can flip these things and trade them for money. Um, that's that's kind of my take on NFT gaming. But of course, it will be one of the biggest use cases for NFTs. I just don't know if we're going to call them that.
2: I completely agree. Just to quickly add on to that, I I think we are a little bit away, just because we need a really good game to actually adopt the technology. It can't be the other way around. So. If a, if a really big game that's popularized in the masses introduces NFTs, I think it will be very, very warmly embraced. It, it seems like a very easy unlock. Like, like Sergeant Pepper said, if you can trade a Fortnite skin for a Madden Ultimate pack, it's, it's really just all about owning your own assets. I, I, don't, I don't play Fortnite. I'm not a gamer. But from what I understand, there's um, a, a lot of friends of mine play Fortnite to earn crowns. If you win a game, you get a crown imagine the imagine all the kids that play fortnite that are spending their parents money in these in-game stores but instead of that fortnite makes all their money on advertising anyway so if they can incentivize you to play the game and if you win a game you get a crown imagine that crown is an nft and you can exchange the nft for a for a skin or you know a, an unlocked achievement that's only available to people that earn a certain amount of crowns. There's so many unique ways that they can really provide value for the, they being these these games. There's really unique ways that these games can provide value for themselves and also value for their customers. It's It's really a win-win across the board. And as soon as one major game adopts it, I think we're going to see just a complete butterfly effect and it's going to be adopted across the board.
0: Yeah, I think the major game factor is really important because it's it's kind of a perfect match, right? It's kind of a fun game. People are already getting onboarded into it, and I I think it just needs a brave studio to just maybe even run it as an experiment and let people, you know, all the assets that are being already used in the game, they're just now NFTs. Like as as you, as Sergeant mentioned, it doesn't have to be announce or shouted as, hey, this is NFT. No, it's just like, you know, as asset, it happens to use the technology as NFT. And, uh, you know, it's just a perfect match. But I think um, what people get wrong, just put NFT's tokenomics in the core and center, and it becomes boring. It becomes um, not easy to understand. And a lot of people just don't care about these things. Obviously, there are mercenaries. There are these people who just care about the value extraction, which are not ideal for any ecosystem gaming DeFi, whatever that is um so yeah that's why it's not gonna pick up but yeah i i totally agree i don't know how are we gonna solve the problem of maybe gaming studios have the incentive of keeping things centralized so i don't know if it's gonna come from the players or is it gonna come from the studios or even just some brave investors and builders that make a great game at some point in future uh, which is really hard to do and then happens to have NFTs or tokenomics as an underlying technology. Would would be really interesting to see how that pans out. Um, maybe as uh, we are approaching the end of the podcast, uh, both of you kind of mentioned your background. It's super interesting to me that you had previous uh, experience in the, let's say, traditional world, and now you are building something really cool and uh, useful in the Web3 space. And hopefully it's going to be growing as time goes by any kind of advice you have for someone who might be in your shoes maybe have seen a problem in the web3 space and is trying to think okay should i go and build it should i not do that any advice you can have for those people
1: my advice would be to speak with as many other builders in the space as possible i I don't think there's a better way of getting the pulse on the market of understanding where things are going, you know, like where's the volume headed? What are people's thoughts on these subjects? So I would say reach out to people on Twitter, reach out to people on Discord, just set up quick 15-minute chats. And, you know, Larry and myself are always open to chat. So, you know, if, if someone is really interested in learning more about what we think about things, we're always interested in hearing what everyone else in the space thinks. So I'd say just reach out to people, um, speak with more people, and also huge hack that I've kind of and leaning on the past, call it year and a half in the space, is Dune dashboards. Look at the data, look at the volume. Um, and I can even send some uh, valuable dashboards that we've been looking at the past year and a half um, to you, and maybe you could put it in the show notes. Just I like to check that every week or so and just see, hey, where's the volume headed? Like, where is the space actually going? So I think between those two things, you know, it's kind of uh, low hanging fruit, but I think the value that you get from just speaking with people and really looking at the data of where the money is flowing, where the users are going. I think that's a great start to, you know, understanding, Hey, what, what should I build? Um, is this going to be valuable? Those types of things. Completely agree.
2: Be curious, ask questions, and by all means have all the doubts in the world. This is, this is an early phase of the new internet. When we first got into the space, we ask ourselves every day why are these things worth money and to be to be completely honest i think that 99% of current nfts should be worth 0 dollars probably even more than 99% to be honest we 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 try to look beyond all the all the bad that exists in the space and and we would be the first to admit there is a lot of it between the scams and the bad actors and the rug pulls and everything else under the sun that we hear in the mainstream criticizing the nft space that being said just like sergeant pepper said ask questions be be curious talk to people because there are people out there that are building some very powerful tools that are very 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 smart and that, by the way, that's not us, that's others. The, the, those, those other people are very smart and they teach us every single day. And we're very privileged to be able to speak to them because again, the space is so tiny right now, it's still so early. And the exposure you get to some incredible builders out there that are super forward thinking and motivated to really change the way that we interact with assets and the power of the blockchain in general. Just be as doubtful as you want, but also be curious enough to, to look beyond what's going on right now. And even look at the macro. Look at look at how much big money is being poured into the NFT space. Google bought an NFT company. Microsoft is investing in the metaverse. Cities calling the metaverse a $13 trillion economy by, economy by 2030. Amazon's making an NFT marketplace. Salesforce is making an NFT marketplace. The New York Stock Exchange is making an NFT marketplace. And that is as traditional finance in old school as it gets, ask yourself why it's happening. And I think you'll find there are some really powerful answers.
0: I love that, guys. I just wanted to add that when you come to any new space, you obviously bring your own unique experience and you can cal- calibrate it by, um, as you mentioned, talking to different people. Obviously you might have a vision or something. I would say, I would say it really pays off to talk to other people about that initial vision. Maybe there's already a product that is getting built for it or might not be the best thing to build. But also, you know, sometimes doing and getting your hands dirty is the winning strategy. You, you need to be curious, as you mentioned, because a lot of other people would dismiss of these things. They just sit on their couch and say, no, it doesn't work. But I think these are the people like hopefully like us that are on the, um, on the field and try to figure these things out and As you mentioned, 99% of them could be, you know, worthless or anything, but something will come out of this type of technology. I'm I'm pretty sure of that because I can see the premise behind it. And it's just maybe up to all of us to figure these things out. Um, Love the chat. It was great. Maybe any final words from your side and what's upcoming actually for Skillet?
1: All right, here we go. Alpha Alerts. Skillet will be launching the end of March, the first NFT lending aggregator of its kind. We are going to get you the absolute best lending rates for each of your NFTs. We're going to simplify the lending process. You will not have to leave the Skillet application to execute a loan against your NFT and also pay back your NFT. Um, so that is some alpha for all of those listening. Um, so really excited to roll that out and start talking to customers and starting that whole feedback process with our lending aggregation. So that is what's to come. Uh, other than that, I would say you know check out Skillet, see like save save money. You know don't just accept the top weath offer on any of your NFTs on OpenSea. And um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of all I had.
0: Larry, anything from your side?
1: Mic drop. I love it.
0: Perfect. Let's, let's finish that on that high note. Uh, every kind of link, everything related to the skillet is going to be shared in the description. So make sure to check that out. And we'll see you guys in the next one.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you.